0: Welcome to From Gay to Z, the podcast that celebrates queer parenting with a dose of LGBTQ plus pop culture thrown in for good measure.
1: Because after all, no one wants to hear about our kids all the time. I'm Stu Oakley and welcome if this is your first time with us.
0: And I am Lottie Jeffs and this is a special series of episodes themed around queer travel for those parents who just want to escape for a few days it's all we ask so we're covering the ins and outs of travelling as a queer family but also travelling on your own when you are a parent
1: yeah without the kids Mm -hmm. I mean we need to treat ourselves. So to bring you this episode, we have teamed up with the fabulous people at the equally fabulous hotel group Yotel, who have launched a new LGBTQ plus travel initiative called Nonstop Pride. Now that aims to support our community on their travels. And it's recognising that Pride isn't just a day or month. Mm-hmm. Amen to that, because it should be year long. And so they have an always on commitment to celebrating and elevating queer voices and diverse communities communities in the cities that yotel call home
0: so they want to showcase these amazing cities that they're based in through a really diverse all-inclusive lens and they've actually done a cool thing where they've created a number of small queer city guides with local content creators i love that to check out ahead of pride so if you're like traveling to the city of pride you check out the travel guide and find out where to go club nights bars etc so i think that's a really nice thing to do
1: I love it. I think it's a really nice way to celebrate, like, the queerness of the city, especially as they've asked local queer people to help them put it together. It's not just them just making a guess. Mm. I think it's such a nice way to celebrate a city and celebrate the queerness of the city. So, lot, when you and Jen, your wife, go on a gaycation, I get the feeling... That you to like without your daughter would be like we're free we just want to get out the room and just like hit the town
0: oh totally and that is actually why i love hotels like yotel because they offer this kind of no frills space where you just are encouraged to stop drop and go so if i'm visiting somewhere that i want to explore i hate having that in-room guilt where you've paid all this money for a super fancy hotel room and you just feel like It's a waste if you go out and explore outside of the room. You just need to sort of stay lying catatonic on the bed ordering room service for the whole trip. So that's what I love about Yotel and they really do put guests right in the heart of destinations which come on like we're time poor parents if we're going to go away on a city break we want it to be fuss free, we want it to be efficient, we want to have all those big sites just like literally at our fingertips.
1: We want to fit it all in, we need to because we probably have limited time. Oh, for
0: sure <laughs> so- <laughs> yeah like no one's going to look after our kids for longer than 48 hours presumably. <laughs>
1: exactly. So tell me are you planning
0: to go away this year
1: with out kids. I mean, I feel like you've just been somewhere without kids.
0: Yeah, I was going to say stew. You know the answer to this. I literally got back yesterday from Ibiza where I have been on my own in terms of my family, but with my best friend Joe and 14 gay men to celebrate Joe's 40th birthday, which he's been celebrating since March. It is now late July. Um <laughs> But, True gay fashion. <laughs> I know. I waved goodbye to my wife and daughter, and actually, I did feel really sad. I was suddenly like, "I don't want to go. I don't. I just want to be with you." And uh, then I quickly just um, hopped off to city airport and flew to Ibiza, and had just the most incredible time on my own with these boys. Um, it was very hedonistic. It was very fun. It was very expensive. It was very glamorous. It was very gay. I didn't actually go to any of the nightclubs that they went to. I just don't have it in me to stay up until 7 30 in the morning anymore.
1: I think I called you a nana, didn't I? Am I, a I nana, a but you know what? But like, I was like, I'll be a you nana would with you. be
0: Exactly the same. Because like <laughs> once you've had kids, same. it's like I've been through sleepless nights. I don't want to be that tired ever again no. unless I have another kid. Yeah. Like I just I love my sleep. I love my rest. I love enjoying my days.
1: I feel like you were living your Danny Minogue Masseria I fantasy. I was as definitely
0: well. did you, the mother. Uh, did you of the come masseria. down? In,
1: <laughs> did you come down in like amazing yeah. outfits boys.
0: for dinner yeah, yeah, yeah. every
1: night? Hi, I mean, boys. no, hardly.
0: Those boys were like out dressing me every night. But it was really fun, and I've come back feeling really refreshed, really up for you know embracing the childcare I actually had to go straight from the airport to my daughter's parents evening which was quite glamorous because I like rolled up with my little wheelie cabin bag and sunglasses on like I've arrived like like, Ibiza shopping bags (laughs) but yes it was it was super fun and it was important and what about you Stu when are you when are you gonna do this
1: well, for my birthday, John surprised me by he's going to take us on a trip to Amsterdam because I've never been to the dam. It's I mean, so it's so nice. close and I've never been. Yeah. So I'm really looking forward to that. We haven't actually planned an, a specific date yet. Although I'm thinking, because it's coming up really mm-hmm. soon. And so if we can get someone to look after the kids, we could go and time it for Pride. You should. I'll August. babysit. Do it. Right. You're on. I'm holding you to that. I definitely want to try a Pride Abroad, so maybe Amsterdam will be the one. It's going to happen. But I feel this is a good time. We're going to bring in our special guest, which today is the lovely Dr. James Greenwood, who...
0: Not the sexy TV vet, Dr. (laughs) James Greenwood.
1: Oh yes, the very one. Hello, Dr. Greenwood. (laughs) Hello. Can we call you James or do you prefer Dr. Greenwood at all times?
2: Dr. (laughs) James, I don't answer to anything else. No, please just call me whatever you want. James J. G., some people call. Very nice to be here. Thank you so much for having me on. It's
1: our pleasure.
0: And James, you've just become a new dad and you have strapped to your very chest this moment, <laughs> a beautiful baby. And so just from both of us, huge congratulations, first of all.
2: Oh, thank you. Thank you so much.
0: How are you, how are you finding it all?
2: How am I finding it all? Yeah, that's kind of, it's the biggest question, isn't it? And you sort of think, the answer is I'm not actually really very sure. I'm kind of just rolling with it at the moment. But no, it is it is honestly just amazing. He's 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 just great i mean we've we've sort of you know you kind of get thrown in at the deep end don't you and uh i just love him he's he's just amazing he's, it's everything we hope for and more he is this morning been pretty tricky we've had some very loud crying which has been uh challenging <laughs> to say the least but no but we've managed to, so i thought i'd just strap him to me and that has that seems to have worked. So, yeah, so far, so good. Amazing. How long this is going to last? I've got no idea.
1: <laughs> we are going to ask you more about your gorgeous son. But before all that, we have just been talking, Lottie and I, about going to Prides abroad.
2: Mm. And I was wondering if you had been to one in a different country. know I haven't. I've only been, I've only actually been to Bristol and Brighton Pride. Those are the only two. Have you not done London? I've never been to. I've not even done London. I know you're a London Pride virgin. No, honestly, I am. I only go to Pride beginning with B. Clearly, <laughs> so maybe Barcelona should be next. Uh, no, I've never done London, and I, and I, um, I'm so kind of uh, proud of my friend. One of my, one of my really good friends set up the veterinary LGBT society. So, so the British BV LGBT, it's called. And when we were all at uni, they went to London Pride and realised that. Doctors, the, the dentists—you know—all these, all the different sort of main healthcare groups had, you know, sort of representation at Pride, but there was no, there was no vet, vet, sort of presence there at all. It was a sort of a, a moment that he spotted and thought, well, actually, that's that's ridiculous because there's there's a huge LGBTQ plus community in the in the veterinary world, and it, and I think it's, I think actually it's growing. So I think to have that, to have that visibility and that presence at certainly at London Pride. Is brilliant and I would and I will I will go it's just this year unfortunately like you say some somebody else arrived yeah and that made it a bit tricky
0: <laughs> um where would your ideal pride location be so if you could jet off to anywhere and experience the joys of the city or the area but also be part of pride where would you most want to go at the moment
2: oh my gosh um you mentioned Barcelona, which I think was a uh,
0: mm, yeah Barcelona. Yeah, would be cool. I love
2: Barcelona. I always feel really, I always feel really at home in in sort of Spain and Barcelona. We used to go quite a bit as kids, and I think I think that would be fun. I love the fact that it's the beach there. You know, it's sort of it's just twenty four seven. I can imagine the hangover would be severely uh, savage afterwards, but I think the party would be incredible. I think anything that's got that kind of fiesta. Sort of element to it So You know That kind of carnival Feel to pride I think is 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 great it's Yeah really fun.
0: And Barcelona Is just a great city I feel like That is A super queer Friendly travel destination And there's mm. so much You can do there I've never been Have you not mm. Really We need to do a little trip so We you need to, to add great, it To you've, the got the beach, you've got the beach You've got the city You've got like Beautiful surrounding countryside The like, heat Which is what I As you know I like I'm yeah.
1: such a sun worshipper Yeah And the food, the food
2: is amazing as well. You know, it's just, it's just great, isn't it? It's such Mm. a lovely city. I think of all the places, I mean, I don't often go to places and think, oh, I could really live here. But Barcelona, when I was at school, I mean, this is, you know, decades ago, I actually went to New York on like a, on a big sort of art, art trip. And that's the only other city, Barcelona and New York are the only two cities I've ever been to in thought. I could live here. Like I just loved it. I can't really explain why, but there's something about it that I just thought, yeah, this connects.
0: There's some places you just get that feeling, don't you? Although my wife Jenny tends to say, let's move here to pretty much anywhere we've ever been within like three (laughs) days of us going there.
1: (laughs) Same, same. I always want to move wherever I go. Yeah. And then you come home and be like, oh, actually, I want to go somewhere else (laughs) instead. Did you and your partner, did you travel a lot before your little one came along?
2: Well, so, I mean, everything's relative, isn't it? We Compared to some of our other kind of gay friends that do travel a huge amount, we're not. But, you know, we do love going abroad, so we do prioritise uh, getting trips away. You know, we love skiing. We go, we go to the Alps. We actually we go to France more than anything. I haven't done much long-haul travel. <clears throat> I haven't been sort of anywhere particularly kind of exotic overseas or I think the furthest... So I mean, yeah, so the furthest I've been is Australia, which is of course the furthest you probably actually go. Yeah, that's quite uh, but <laughs> that's quite far. That was for a wedding. <laughs> yeah. So actually now I now I say it, I realize that I'm not making any sense at all. But we've not done any of like South America, I've not done any of Thailand, I've not done like New Zealand, all the all these kind of I'd recommend places that Thailand I would love to go to. You have to do um, Thailand. Mm, go I'd and spend go. a few days
1: in Bangkok. Because you can't spend more than a few days in bed because it's just too overwhelming. And then go to one of the beautiful beaches or like bum around.
0: And also another LGBT yeah, friendly exactly. place, I think, Thailand.
2: Mm. The other place that I've been, I absolutely loved was India. And that was just such an experience. Like it was, it was just everything. It was such a kind of huge sort of overwhelming everything of all the senses is just like wow you know and that I love that just I would I would go back to India in a a heartbeat. I love
0: that about travel when it really takes you out of yourself and you're somewhere where there's there's no like I had it in Tokyo actually where it's almost like there's no point of reference like it's so other it's so fabulously different and that is just so transformative, I find, because mm. you just get so just used to just things just like washing over you, not really paying attention. But suddenly, like if you don't instantly understand what's happening around you, you've really got to pay attention more. And I just think that's such a nice experience when you're traveling.
2: You're really present, aren't you? Yeah, you present. Really that's
0: of, the that's the word.
2: You're somehow kind of looking in, but you're also there.
0: Did you manage to sneak in a last minute holiday before your son was born?
2: We did. A we baby did.
0: moon. A I baby moon.
2: It. Yeah, exactly. No, we did. We um, we hadn't really told many people that we were expecting Oliver, which was not necessarily on purpose. But I think we... So Oliver was, was born by surrogacy, which you know, I'm sure we'll we'll come on to. And we have this incredible relationship with, with Rachel, his surrogate. And I think we kind of all felt quite sort of almost like protective of our little team that we developed. So... You know, our close family is new and Rachel obviously has, has her family and she has children of her own. And we'd all kind of come together and, and on this, you know, people call it the journey, the surrogacy journey, which, I mean, you know, the word journey is, 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 a, is quite a thing, isn't it? But it is a journey. Mm-hmm. And we were kind of just all in it together. And I think for a long time, we felt quite reluctant to allow external opinions or voices in, whether those were positive or negative. We just thought, well, let's just enjoy it for what it is. So we about, uh, it was probably about a month or so before he was actually due, we decided to to get a last minute ski trip in because we thought, similar to yourself, Stu, we thought actually skiing, you know, that it, it's very hard to do that on the I on thought you were going to say with a baby so strapped to your chest. We kind of thought, well, let's get <laughs> Yeah. Well, Mark probably could do that. He's one of those annoyingly talented skiers who probably could. Uh, I look like <laughs> Bambi on ice, so I wouldn't be able to do it. So we thought, well, let's get a nice ski trip in before we before we uh before we arrive. So we went Lovely. to Port and it was it was just perfect. And then on the slopes, we took our we took one of our scan pics with us and took, you know, took the took the obligatory selfie at the top of the mountain yeah. to announce oh, that, the. world. that's a that nice. sweet idea. Yeah. Yeah. How well,
0: nice. We will be right back with Dr. James Greenwood. And just a reminder, this episode has only been made possible thanks to Yotel.
1: As I mentioned earlier, I will be booking a stay in their modern, stylish, I mean, it sounds just like me, Lottie. Modern. Hotel. Modern and, and stylish, stylish, darling. <laughs> but I'm doing so because as a queer traveller, I do honestly think it's really important to stay with a hotel that actively advocates for the LGBTQ plus community and also I do strongly believe that it's important to know that I'm somewhere that promotes a safe and diverse culture, which they do.
0: A hundred percent. And also, I like that Yotel have this initiative we talked about called Nonstop Pride that has these city guides, they've been curated by local members of the community, as well as working with specific inclusion specialists to help educate and empower their staff, which is super important, as you say. And so to have this focus on LGBTQ plus history and to be acknowledging the challenges that their queer colleagues may face in the workplace, to know that they do that I think is a real reason why you would choose to stay at a Yotel rather than maybe an equivalent other hotel.
1: So you can book your getaway either in the UK or abroad with Yotel by visiting yotel.com or following them at Yotel on social media.
0: Now back to Dr. James Greenwood. With surrogacy, James, did you um, did you do it in the UK or did you go abroad?
2: Uh, we did it in the UK, yeah. Oh, okay, because yeah.
0: lots of people obviously kind of coincide travel with surrogacy, don't Hi, they, Oliver. And they're going to Canada? <laughs> oh, hello, Oliver.
2: <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> we've got a. He's welcome to join you us.
0: See. So we, well, yeah, we've ha- got friends um, who have <laughs> travelled to Canada or the US, and I wonder if, like, surrogacy, kind of, you know, because you want to go like a week before the due date or whatever, and like making a little holiday in the place, like a surrogacy moon mm. almost. I can imagine that becoming yeah. like more of a trend.
2: Out of our group of friends, I mean, we don't have we don't have a huge number of of friends that have gone down that have you know. I've gone through but it's probably about fifty-fifty. Well yeah, may, no, maybe more maybe more maybe more abroad. But of the friends that have done it abroad, you know, they've kind of gone over and spent sort of six or seven weeks there almost and kind of taken it out as, you know, a chunk of time to go and, and be present, which I can't really imagine not doing that almost. You know, you kind of yeah. think that if as you come close to the due dates, it must be quite hard to, especially if it's as far away as Canada or mm-hmm. America or something. Mm-hmm. But no, we we were we were UK based, so uh so yeah, we were in Basildon, which is not quite the same <laughs> as Canada, but very good, very lovely hospital, very nice people. So yeah.
0: Amazing. <laughs> oh.
1: There's also a lot of donors, like we spoke for the book, like in like places like Sweden. And also I've heard in the Czech Republic, there's a lot of people going for donor, like conception in those countries as well. So I think you're right, Lottie, I think. Like tie it into a...
0: Oh yeah, I know people actually that have traveled to Greece nice. For a, do- a sperm donor clinic in Greece And mm. yes, Copenhagen is obviously a big city break Sperm donation It's the new break. thing I think this is going to be like the new trend is like, <laughs> It could be well, We need to think yeah. of a word for it like fertility
1: Fertility field yeah.
2: trip
0: <laughs> Oh yeah, my god, that's it, it. I love it.
2: Yeah, well, we, we know quite a few people that have, because again, obviously, I think in some, I don't, I don't know which and where, but there are obviously the countries where you can almost do known donations as well, can't you? so you get to physically see the donor as well as them being ready for, uh, you know, for to, to, to ready, ready to use. Um, yeah. So we have a few friends that have done that and they've kind of, you know, gone abroad and, and, and chosen to use a, a donor board as well. So, mm.
0: yeah. Why did you um, decide on the UK? What was your a thought process?
2: So if I'm, I'm going to be totally honest with this, on this podcast, uh, it was cost. It was a huge part. We, we, Mm. we always knew we wanted to go into parenthood and how we were going to get there. We'd sort of explored lots of different options and then surrogacy kind of came up as, as, as a, a, you know, a a thought process. Uh, But we just could not afford to do it abroad. So it was, it was that, that kind of, Took the decision away from us. Really,
0: I think that's really. I uh, thank you for sharing that because I think so many listeners like are completely daunted by the cost of surrogacy and the mm. thought that you have to factor in tra- travel. You know, you have to go to far-flung places. So it, I think it's great to hear that it is still possible on a yeah. sort of more close to home scale.
2: It is, and and I think the big difference then is that surrogacy in the UK. Therefore, is altruistic, and you know there are expenses, and it depends if you're going to use an IVF clinic or whether you can, you know, just use use the surrogates egg as well. But the costs are a lot, lot less, but they're still huge. You know, for us, that was still huge outgoing in terms of in terms of starting a family and money. I hate talk about money because money immediately muddies everything, doesn't it? But the reality is, is that that was a factor in in the decision between UK and abroad. And again, it's not right or wrong, but I think for us, the idea of having that relationship with Rachel, our surrogate, was really important. You know, we want Oliver to have that continued understanding, and, and Rachel as well. You know, she, she was keen for, to have that continued relationship with Oliver. You know, some surrogates would rather it be transactional, so it's not about sort of you know right or wrong or this or that or you know it, it, it's 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 working out what works for you as a pairing, and I think for us to find a surrogate altruistic and that was keen to stay in contact was was a really important factor and we found that in Rachel so I, you know which i i can't i can't really even put into words how that makes you feel when you do find somebody that's prepared and willing to 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 go on this journey with you and it's it is incredible but i think yes i think the point is is that it it can happen and it does work and surrogacy in the UK is absolutely an option to consider. It might take you longer. It might feel like it's a, Mm.
0: you know,
2: a sort of a constant slog to try and find your pairing and your matching, but it it can and does work and 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 you can get there if if that's what people are thinking.
1: So I was going to ask you, James, about whether you plan to go away in terms of without Oliver in the future. I know it's very early days, but I believe you've already done it. (laughs) You've just been away, right?
2: Well, so we were invited to a wedding um, before Oliver arrived. So we kind of had to make that decision over whether we both go, whether we go with Oliver, whether I go on my own. And in the end, we decided, I say we, the royal we, uh, decided that I could go on my own, <laughs> which felt nice. Uh, yeah, I know. I'm very lucky. Um, and actually, the, you know, it did was, that
1: feel was that quite nice in the. Especially because it's it's overwhelming, right? It's overwhelming when you have a child come into your life. So to be able to just go and have a few days just to almost like reset your brain a bit and look after yourself as well and have a bit of fun. I think because I think a lot of people feel guilty potentially about doing that. So actually... Like I bet you came back and you just were so refreshed and just, or maybe slightly hungover. I don't know. I'm not judging, <laughs> but like <laughs> it gave you what you needed to be able to like slip back into
2: parenting. I bet. Yeah. So I'm. So at the moment, the way that we're we're juggling it is that Mark is is a, he's a landscape gardener, so he's self employed, so he can kind of sort of chop in and chop out. But I'm I'm basically doing the most of the kind of day to day <laughs> childcare. So then the wedding came up and we kind of looked at whether we could make it work or not. And I, I just went and I left it. To be honest, I actually felt guilty for not feeling guilty for being abroad. <laughs> Everyone kept saying, oh, you know, you, I don't think you want to leave him at that age. You know, you might. <laughs> I was just thinking, well, I mean, of course, I don't want to leave him. No, I, there's nothing that makes me want to leave him. But I do want to go abroad and I would like to have a little bit of a break. I don't think there's anything wrong with that. You know, And we went and it was with loads of friends for, for a wedding and it it was just great. And I, you know, I just had 48 hours in Verona, beautiful setting, you know, and like you said, just had that sort of switch off time.
0: Yeah.
2: Of course, it would have been lovely to have Mark there. Um, I think Oliver, again, there's that, always that thing about taking babies to weddings, isn't there? So I, I don't, it, in hindsight, it wasn't the sort of wedding that I would have felt comfortable having a baby there anyway but also I probably wouldn't feel comfortable yet leaving Oliver with grandparents or at his age. I think, you know, another year may be different, but at the moment, I think it's important for us to, to sort of stay with one. So yeah, so I went and I, and I loved it and I, and I didn't feel guilty. And I had a proper break and I came back and I just was so pleased to be home and, I don't know, maybe that's right, maybe that's wrong. Maybe people hear that and think, oh my God, how could you do that? But
0: Well, you know, a piece of advice that someone gave me when we had a newborn that I just completely didn't listen to, but would feel that I would listen to if we were to have another baby, was they said to me, you don't both need to do everything together at the same time. Because we were like new to it and we were kind of both like enjoying it and we both wanted to be as involved in each other. We would both like be it would be like, we need to change the nappy, right? Let's go and do that. Or like, she's not sleeping, so we both need to stand over the cot or we both need to try and... Obviously, like there were times when one would do baby stuff and one would do like sorting out the house stuff. But I do feel like now with the benefit of hindsight, just to kind of really value like what you get from the time away from the baby and what that means Mm. when you come back to them that that is actually really useful and valuable we
2: do do everything together that's the thing i think it's been quite a shock having to to do that and i think that's really that is really great you know great advice as well because i think we we do we have the same group of friends we often do everything together but having a baby you know my sister was like well you're gonna have to get used to doing things separately but i did you know i did still i mean you know i say that but when when i when then on the thursday evening setting off i was in floods of tears I was sort of standing in the kitchen, saying, "I don't want to go." Oh, you know, bless. don't get me wrong. It was one of those things where it definitely was quite hard to just get in the car and drive away. But there was another part of me that was like, "No, come on, keep that independence and go mm-hmm. for it," because I think that's healthy. Yeah. I think it's healthy for parents to it's have. It's so
1: healthy you to have need that time you, out. You do, you do need that, and also, like, hello there's another not just oliver that you've birthed into the world as it were (laughs) but you also have a you've just published your first book right oh (gasps) Oh, yes yes. oh my goodness so you needed a bit of a break after all that as well congratulations on that as well thank you
2: yeah that came out on the that came out on the thursday Thursday evening, I was in the car on my way to Gatwick to fly to Verona. So, yeah, I kind of saw it as a, I saw it as a, you know, my little treat to myself. So, yeah, the book, wow, well, the book is, the book is something that I've been working on for, oh gosh, probably the last maybe year and a half. I mean, it, it basically covers my sort of journey into veterinary, but then also my sort of early career as a vet. But I wanted to, instead of writing a, a memoir all about me as such, I've, I've written very much at the centre so the central focus of each chapter is is the animal so each chapter is an animal story which ha- you kind of just get thrown into it and it all unfolds and then i've tried to sort of give purpose to each each chapter so i wanted to write it almost from my side of the consulting room table as a vet but also i've included stories from my own experience as a dog owner and lover where my own dog got hit by a car and I've sort of explored that and how that all made me feel, and kind of trying to bridge that gap between vets and pet owners because at the moment it does just feel like you know you sort of hear it, people sort of quite quick to say, "Oh, you know, vets are only in it for the money," or you know that they're that they're sort of you know it's a license to print money and all this sort of stuff. And I think vets vets are really struggling at the moment. Mental health issues, you know, within the profession are are, are, are high, and there's some Mm. pretty distressing statistics around that so i wanted to sort of just show the reader really what it was like to be a vet to come mm. and sort of i'm not telling you if, if it's a great job it's a rubbish job i'm not looking for sympathy or pity i just want to show you basically. yeah so that's that's kind of that's kind it of the, the, what's the, the, the idea book the called book.
0: tell us what it's called it's
2: called for the love of animals stories from my life as a vet by james greenwood
1: i got it last week I've I've had a flick through. I haven't had a chance because you know, hello, kids, um, to fully uh-huh. delve in yet. <laughs> but is it going to make me cry? You need James? a holiday. You yeah. need to go on a holiday. And I do the- I <laughs> do? Let's go. But um, is it, it going to make, make me cry?
2: cry? I'm not going to lie. Oh. I have included every element of work as a vet. Oh, I so bet. I can't guarantee I there won't oh, be a leaky eye occasionally.
1: It'll be cathartic. It'll be cathartic reading. I need it. I need this is allow. it. Yeah. This is
2: it. This is it. It's you know, it's kind of I've I've had I've had the first the first sort of round of reviews coming on Amazon and things. And it's been because I have written very truthfully and I've included some of the thing, you know, I've included a bit of around sort of coming out and the, the sort of the struggles around Internalised gay shame and all these sorts of things, and how my dog mm. it helped me through. So I've kind of, I've tried to make it personable and relatable, and of and the feedback that's coming back in has been just really incredible to read. It's, it feels very vulnerable putting all of that out into the world, but to get people to come back and sort of say they felt the book and they felt what I was reading, the writing has been, has been amazing. That's so
0: great. Oh, and I just wanted to finish by asking you one question on behalf of all of your five-year-old fans. (laughs) What is the weirdest animal you've ever looked after?
2: Oh, well, I think it's about chapter 10 in the book. (laughs) We meet an elephant, a baby elephant, oh, uh, which I get called to, I know, oh. I know which was, uh, which was something that I would have never imagined in my wildest dreams that I would ever be heading over to uh, to a zoo to, to to help out with a baby elephant. So oh, amazing. yeah, um, it was two days old. So that was, that was pretty cool. That was That's actually cool. something um, that yeah.
1: in terms of going back to Thailand, I never did, but my nephew's doing it at the moment. He's working at a elephant sanctuary. He's a teenager, and oh, wow. he's gone over, yeah. and he's spending like four weeks in an elephant sanctuary, like cleaning them, taking them for walks, looking mm. after them. I'm mm. like, oh my
2: god, what a lovely that's, few that's weeks the way to, to do! do it. Yeah, yeah. Animal tourism at the moment, again, is it feels like we're going backwards in so many ways, doesn't mm. it, in the world at the moment? But animal tourism is one area as well where, you know, if you do sort of go abroad and see. Anything where there's an animal involved, just stop and double, yeah. just, just double think because you know pictures with lion cubs yep. or tiger cubs or you know you see people you know with bears and you know offering to take selfies just no. if you can. I know it's difficult because you're on holiday, but just walk away because. Behind the scenes of all of that, there's nearly always an awful trade going yeah. on. So, mm. but yeah, but you know, so volunteering in sanctuaries and things like that, I think it's is the, the new, new think tourism. Like, go and, and help. I think it's amazing. Yeah. You go know. and help. Yeah, yeah. Like especially yeah, endangered absolutely. species. Absolutely.
1: Yeah. Well, thank you so yeah. much, James. Thank you so well, much, James. Now,
2: can I, can I say something though? Because I have to say, I am so grateful to be on this podcast because your book came. I read your book from cover to cover. I actually listened to your book cover to cover. Um, or or start to finish Um, only I think Oliver must have been two weeks old or so and I was really really struggling I'm going to try and do this without crying because honestly it was so emotional at the time I was in a really strange place where I felt so worried about um, our surrogate Rachel she had to have a a cesarean in the end and I was wrapped up with all of these different emotions of guilt and worry and just everything you can imagine—love and you know confusion—and your audiobook just—it was as though you kind of crawled into my head and just massaged all of my worry away. Because everything from things like when you're—we ordered some nappies and it turned up, and the branding was you know approved by mums, and everything was set, everything felt very mum-centric. And I think it was Lottie that you said at the end of the chapter, you know, about you know it's not about the erasure of motherhood; it's about inclusive language and and how. Everybody, you know, is, is parents, it's parents, not gendered. And, and I oh, honestly, I I cannot thank you enough because oh. there is nothing oh, else James. like this. And I was I was in a really strange place, and your book completely it just helped me through a very confused time. Oh, that's I, so I, nice I, to hear. So, cannot, thank you so much.
0: Cannot thank oh, you it's enough. It's made that it really all means a lot. Completely. Thank
2: you. So thank you. Well,
1: we always said when we first started our podcast before the book, we said somebody said what does success look for you for the podcast and I was like even if we just helped one person feel part of like feel represented or feel so to hear you say that about the book makes me emotional because yeah, it's, it's like it's, it just I know. makes it all We're, worth
2: it so thank you so
0: lovely Thank, thank you. you. Well, I, am,
2: I am that one person for sure Aww. that you've helped. And I was in floods of tears. Lottie, when you say at the end, this is the end, I was I was Aww. streaming. I was like, don't leave me. Don't <laughs> leave me. I need you to stay. Oh, well, it's <laughs>
0: been so nice to chat to you. And we'll please keep oh, in touch. You. And like let's talk to you again when you're a little further along the journey, so to speak. Absolutely. And, um,
2: we will, and hopefully by then he'll be a bit yeah. more chatty. But no. I'm surprised he's not I've quiet been really that. enjoying
0: the snuffles. Yeah, beautiful. I think, yeah, he's just waking up.
1: So thanks for joining us, listener, on this special travel episode that we've been flying around. It doesn't work, does it, Lottie? I was trying to get a pun in there and it really doesn't. But <laughs> thank you, you I've for been join. trying to think of
0: one as well. but
1: <laughs> Come fly with me. But thank you for joining us um, of this episode of From Gay to Z, which has been brought to you by Yotel.
0: We are going to be back next week with another travel special because we are just living for our island hopping, jet setting, summer of love and fun and we can't wait to talk to you more about travel and queer family travel. yeah
1: we're we're going to escape aren't we lottie we kept talking about going away without the kids and actually we're going to escape
0: yes we've
1: made it yeah. and in a first from us we're actually going to be joined by one of our spouses yes Ooh. the one and only mrs jeffs jenny southern the ceo and founder of globe I mean, she's amazing. I may be biased, but I do love my Jen. <laughs> but she has just published as well this fantastic trend report on queer travel. So very excited to talk to her about that.
0: Thanks once again to Yotel for making this episode possible. And do check out Yotel's queer-friendly travel locations at yotel.com. We will add all the links in the show notes. So bye for now. you, revoir. Adios. Bonne <laughs> <laughs> Au revoir. <laughs>